Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic. You know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. Welcome into the Nightcap, Joe DiBiase, here on WGR. I am pumped for tonight's show. Not just because, you know, the Bills are 7-3 and three and it's exciting. It's exciting times. You know, I've, I've thought earlier today that I've been here for three years. Haven't been producer of Chopin the Bulldog for three years. Haven't been hosting the Nightcap for three years. But I've been here for three years. And since I've been here, it's been mostly success from the Bills. When I first started doing updates here, it was like right at the end of Rex Ryan. Like, is is this the week he gets fired? That's when it all started for me. And... Like, the first real show I can remember hosting solo for, like, a, a, a whole show was the day before Bills and Jaguars in the wildcard round. You know, I produced for Ryan Gates and Nate Geary the night they make the playoffs. We went to midnight. All the way to midnight. And then I drove out to the airport after just to see the scene. Just to see, you know, how pumped up Bills fans were. So, you know, like, the last three years have been good to me. They've been good to us, right? It's been fun. They make the playoffs. They get that chase to the end. The Dalton to Tyler Boyd throw. They end the playoff drought. 2018 is not good team-wise, but a rookie quarterback that shows some promise. Like, all right, that's always fun. Then last year, they're back in the playoffs, and this year, they're on their way to the playoffs again. I mean, this has been a pretty fun stretch. So, any opportunity that I get to come on the station here and talk about the Bills is a fun one. But it is the bye week. The Bills do not have a game this upcoming Sunday. In fact, 
they don't really have a lot of games at all on Sundays the rest of the way. They do have a good amount, but they, we don't have a game this coming Sunday because of the bye week. Then you got a Sunday 1 o'clock game against the Chargers. That's going to be very rare over the back half of the season here. You got a Monday night game at San Francisco. You got a Sunday night game hosting the Steelers. You've got a potential Saturday game against the Denver Broncos. Then you're back on Monday night football against the Patriots. You go from next week against the Chargers all the way to week 17 against the Dolphins without a Sunday 1 o'clock game. Not complaining. It's nice to be on prime time. They're going to be on prime time at least three times, if not four. They could be on prime time four games in a row. That's how fun this has gotten. (laughs) This is how good Josh Allen has looked. This is how good the Bills have become in other people's eyes. That it is... Like it's it is the final stretch run of the NFL season, and there's the potential for the Bills to be playing four primetime games in a row, four night games in a row, Monday night, Sunday night, Saturday night, Monday night. That could happen. We'll see on that Bills Broncos game. I personally think the NFL will choose the Packers and the Panthers for that night game. The Bills, I think, would be in the running, though. I would think they get one of those Saturday slots, um, given that the rest of that schedule does not look all that all that great. Um, so you don't have a game, though, coming up this week. You've got other stuff happening around the league. I think we are all trying to figure out, while also thinking about the Bills and the steps Josh Allen has t- taken and... How good this defense is? Is it anywhere near as good as it was last year? Are they underachieving? Is this what they are? Like We're trying to figure out the ground game. There's stuff to figure out on the Bills. But I think the biggest thing to figure out for the rest of the season that affects the Bills is how good Miami is. And it's a tough nut to crack. How good are the Dolphins? It's very easy for me to go back and forth on this. I want to start with that tonight. I will get to... It's actually kind of become a bit of a tradition without me even realizing it that I've been putting the Bills and other teams into tears like every Tuesday. You know, Monday Night Football shows up yesterday and every Monday and I only get a half hour so you can't really get into anything super detailed when that happens. But tonight... And so normally on Tuesdays, first full show is when I've been putting teams into tears. So we're just going to keep rolling with that. Tuesday tears. Let's do that. Tuesday tears. We're going to keep going with that. I'm going to put the Bills into a tier in the league and go tier by tier. Um, both AFC and NFC uh, can join together there. And we'll. I, I think that it's interesting in where you put the Bills. But also, again, this is where I want to start today with. Figuring out what the Dolphins are. And where do they slot? You know, who are they as good at? Are they as good as the Bills? Are they near as good as the Bills? Are they as good as the Cardinals? They beat the Cardinals on the road two weeks ago. The Bills, for all purposes, also beat the Cardinals without the Hail Mary play. Wouldn't you think that all the three of those teams are close? You've got, and that's kind of what, to me, there's a lot of muck in the middle of the league right now. The Bills lose to the Cardinals. The Dolphins beat the Cardinals. Um, the, the Bills beat the Dolphins. You've got the Bills losing big to the Titans, and then the Titans are losing to the Colts, and the Colts are losing to the Steelers. Like, everything is kind of mishmashed. 
and I think it's tough to gauge how good a lot of these teams are. And there's a lot of just stuff meet in the middle, and that is what you'll gather if you just look on the surface at the AFC standings. There is no middle class in the AFC. You have got Pittsburgh at the top and Kansas City at the top, 9-0 and 8-1. The Bills are 7-3. and And then you have seven teams. Six teams. Sorry, six teams that are 6-3. and Seven three-loss teams, six teams that are 6-3. and The Bills are 7-3, obviously. That's a lot in the middle there. The difference between three and nine, the third seed and the ninth seed, is half a game. And then New England is four and five. And then you're all the way down to three and six Denver, two, six and one Cincinnati. The Chargers and Texans are two and seven. And you really don't have anybody in the middle. Someone in that group is missing the playoffs, by the way. Two of them, in fact. Right now, it would be Tennessee and Cleveland. How about that if you're the Browns? You've got this, you have, you're the new Bills on the block. You have this playoff drought, and you're 6-3. and three. You might go 10-6. and six. You might go 10-6 and six if you're Cleveland. Miss the playoffs with an added playoff spot. There being a seventh playoff team this season. But anyways, there's Miami right in the middle of that 6-3 and three group. They are 6-3, and three, but at the same time, they have the fifth best point differential in the NFL. Fifth in the league, only behind Tampa, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Kansas City. And I know I have heard a lot of pushback on social media and with callers over the past couple of weeks. Hey, the Dolphins, they are, um, you know, they're a little fluky. They're getting kick returns for big yardage. They are getting interceptions, return to the opposing one, they're scoring defensive touchdowns, they're getting fumbles, and I think there is something to be said for the Dolphins getting a little lucky. I think they are getting a little lucky this season. But it came at the perfect time. It came at the perfect time. And maybe the more interesting thing for the Dolphins is not how good they are, because I still... It's hard to gauge that. But an easier thing to gauge is what are the odds that they are competing with the Bills for the division right to the very end. And to me, the odds of that happening are very high. They beat the Chargers, Cardinals, and Rams in the last three weeks. In fact, go back to before their bye week against the Jets and the 49ers. They are on a five-game win streak. They have already played a lot of their tougher teams. They've played the Bills once. They've played the Seahawks. they played the Rams. They've played the Cardinals. Now, here come the softies. Denver, with maybe a backup quarterback and Brett Rippon. And honestly, even if they don't have a backup quarterback and Brett Rippon, Drew Locke has been one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league this year. He is one of four that has more interceptions than touchdown passes. They're going to be favored on the road in Denver. I think the Broncos stink, and I think the Dolphins win that game. Then they play at the Jets, who are as close to a gimme win as you have in the league right now. Then you have Cincinnati at home, who are kind of a lot of people's darling right now, and I I see why. Joe Burrow 
is a beast. He looks great. But the rest of that team is pretty, it's downright awful. They've got some good receivers and they've got a quarterback and that's it. And there's a reason they are 2-6-1. and one. They don't have the supporting system for their rookie quarterback. That should be a game the Dolphins win. And to me, that's a game the Dolphins should win easily. That gets you to 9-3. and 9-3 and three is within the Dolphins' grasp. It's not that far away. They play three teams with a combined four wins in the next three weeks. Let me say that again. In case you don't quite realize the severity of the state of this divisional race. The Bills are in front, but it is not a gimme like it might have felt one week ago or two weeks ago. The Dolphins in their next three games play opponents with a combined four wins. Four wins. That's brutal. That is absolutely brutal. They should win those three games. And honestly, even if they don't win them all, they're not losing two. So they're going to be eight and four or nine and three. I think it's more likely they're nine and three. The Bills have an easy game coming up, too. The Chargers game does not look that tough. And then you've got a very injured San Francisco 49ers team, albeit on the road on Monday Night Football across the country. Those are two two big wins that you need to get. Because let's say for sake of conversation, the Bills do get those wins. I would hope to assume they will win those games. You know, San Francisco's not a gimme like even those teams I just mentioned that the Dolphins play, but you should win that game, I think. Especially if Nick Mullins is their quarterback. Backup quarterback in there. Actually, I don't know how much better he's... I don't know how much better Garoppolo is supposed to be. Um, <laughs> maybe he's not better, but I think you should be able to... I think you should beat San Francisco, and I think tomorrow they'd be favored in that game. If you split those games, this is, this is how much damage can be done... By just even having that happen. You split those games, you're 8-4. and four. If you don't win the next two games, if you don't win them outright, there's a good chance Miami is leading the division when you go to play the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. And the Dolphins do play the Chiefs that week, but that this is where you start to match up the schedules. Miami's got three easy games in a row. The Bills have a bye and then two easy games in a row. You can't drop one. Can't drop one. Because even I just put it out there. If they lose one of those games, the Dolphins that is, if they lose a game they shouldn't lose to either Cincinnati, Denver, or the Jets, they're 8-4. and four. And if the Bills drop one, you're 8-4. and four. If you win one, you're 9-3. and three. And see what I mean? Almost under any scenario, it's still close three weeks from now. The Dolphins, I don't think, are going away. And it's not all about them. It is about what they have coming up opponent-wise. You can't sleep on them. And then there is the harder question to answer, which is, how good are the Dolphins? How good are they? Because I tend to think they're better and I've been on them since the beginning of the season. I bet Shopin the Bulldog on our bet board over here 
pretty early on, like, the bet I wanted in the entire league. We all got to choose one over-under bet in the whole league where the other two would have to take the other side. And I picked the Dolphins over 5.5. Why? In part, last season, they won five games, and they were expected to be kind of like what the Jets are right now. One of the worst teams in league history where everybody thinks they're tanking. Tanking for Tua. They still ended up winning five games. They beat the Patriots on the road in Week 17, a game that New England wanted to win. That team won five games. Hell of a lot of credit to Brian Flores and Chris Greer and some of the other pieces in that front office and in that coaching staff. They've done a very good job. It does remind me of the beginnings of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean here in Buffalo. Now, take that five-win team that was so bare on their roster. They had something like 18, I think the stat was 18 practice squad players play in their final three weeks last season. Like They were down to just find a guy that could play this position and throw him in there and hope. Like, that's where the Dolphins were last year. They were nowhere in terms of their roster. This year, they built it up. Spent a lot of money on the defense. They paid Devontae Parker to stay as their number one wide receiver. They added a couple of running backs. They haven't really used them a whole lot, but, like, I like Matt Breida as a player. I think they should use him more. The defense is really where they got most of it, and they added Tua. They added Tua Tagovailoa, a quarterback with some real upside. That you would hope, at the very least, is much is more status quo, is more consistent than what you have in Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback that for three weeks, hell, even five, six weeks in a season, can look like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But then the next three or four weeks, he's going to look like the worst quarterback in the league. You would think, at least with Tua, the accuracy that he has, the level head that he gets a lot of credit for, understanding concepts defensively, knowing where to go with the football. He was going to be a more leveled quarterback. And that's kind of what we're seeing so far. In three starts for Tua, what has happened is start number one, his job was just to not lose them the football game. And he didn't. He didn't lose them the football game. Only one turnover in that game handed the ball off. That was it. That was the recipe in his first NFL start to beat the Rams, a game which, by the way, they were up for most of it because of defensive, touchdown, uh, special teams, like other reasons, other factors. Then you got that game in Arizona. The Dolphins beat the Cardinals in Glendale. And they asked more of Tua. They asked more of him. They basically asked him, to keep up with Kyler Murray the same way Josh Allen did this past week, and Tua answered the call. It's probably his only great, It's de- probably, it's definitely only his really good, it's his only really good game of his three starts, but it was very good. 248 yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Consistent, level-headed quarterback play from the rookie is what they got. And it was enough to beat one of the best passing offenses in the league on the road. Then they play the Chargers. And again, it's back to, can you just kind of not lose us this game? Can you take care of the football? 15 for 25, 
169 yards, two touchdown passes, no turnovers. That was Tua's last week. And to me, at the very least, what he has done and what the Dolphins have done is they took a five-win team, they slapped a better defense on it, and they gave themselves a lot more consistency at the quarterback position while also having more upside at the quarterback position. We have not seen, other than moments in that Cardinal game, we have not seen this elite potential out of Tua that I think that he has and that others think that he has. We haven't really seen it. But what we have seen is his ability to just step in and at the at the bare minimum be a game manager. And that's an upgrade over what the Dolphins had last year with some combination of Josh Rosen and then... We love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you're not going to get, I don't think, those crash games where Fitz would throw for four interceptions and lose it for you. I don't think you're getting that game out of Tua. And with that not happening and the improvements around the rest of their team and an easy schedule coming up and already being at a 6-3 and three record, you can't sleep on the Dolphins. I would still pick the Bills to win this division. Straight up. I would still pick the Bills to win this division. Why? Because I trust the Bills' passing offense a lot more than I do Miami's right now. The Dolphins, in terms of efficiency with their passing offense right now, are 14th in the league. But the Bills are one of the elite units in the league right now when it comes to their passing offense. They have the best wide receiver in football going right now in Stephon Diggs. Leads in almost every statistical category for wide receivers. Josh Allen leads the league in passing yards, albeit playing an extra game than most of the guys right behind him. Couple of 400-yard games, couple of 300-yard games, still running the ball very effectively. Limiting the, pretty much, where are the fumbles? Did the fumbles go away? That was an issue in the early season. That's kind of gone away. I don't really have any big concern with Josh Allen right now. I don't have a big concern with the Bills' offense because it's throwing the football. And that's always going to be the team. If all else is equal, that's the team I'm going to trust. So straight up right now, I would pick the Bills because I do think they are a better football team. But it is within the range of outcomes that Miami wins this division. It is. They're good enough to take advantage of an easy schedule. They're good enough to be a playoff team. And if you have a good if you have an easy enough schedule and you're a good enough team and you're a playoff caliber team, that equation could definitely equal coming out just ahead of the Bills week 17. Other stuff needs to happen. You know, the Bills can clinch a tiebreaker with a win over the New England Patriots in week 16, a game that Again, I mentioned like I would expect them to beat the Chargers. I would expect them to beat the 49ers. I would, I would damn right expect them to beat the Patriots. So, the Bills are still in the driver's seat. But, man, it feels a lot closer than it did a week ago. And not just with the division, with the rest of it. You only have to worry about the rest of it if Miami catches you. In terms of like where they would be a wild card spot, right? Like we don't even want to have to talk about where they would slot wild card wise, because then that means Miami has caught you, and you something wrong, something bad has happened. If I think of that, if that happens, 
don't sleep on the Dolphins, while also, I think, still rightfully so, expect the Bills to win this division. 803-0550 is the phone number. I want to put these teams, especially in the AFC, into tiers league-wide because I do think there's a lot of middle there's a lot of middle ground right now in terms of Super Bowl contenders, conference championship contenders, and where the Bills fall in that and where Miami falls in that also. Before I do that, though, would love to take some calls. 803-0550 is the phone number. If you're hanging on hold, stay there. we got a bunch of lines open, too, if you want to get in on the action now. where What do you think of this Dolphins team? Are they legit? Let me know. It's the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. He's Ben Roethlisberger. He will remind a lot of the Bill fans of Josh Allen from a physical standpoint. Like, great athlete, make all the throws. I think there's some similarities in their games, actually. So, And he has great poise for somebody who's so young. Should be a good game. Obviously, Buffalo's the better team, but Herbert's coming. And if they can get a better offensive line around him, I think they have a chance to really hit on a dynamic quarterback. But it'll be interesting because I think when you guys watch those two guys, even in pregame, there's a lot of similarities there. Mike Tannenbaum of ESPN with Howard and Jeremy this morning. Mike was one of the few before the season, before the draft, that said he would rather have Justin Herbert than both Joe Burrow or Tua Tagovailoa. And right now, right now he'd be the guy I choose. Joe Burrow looks incredible. But the more I see Herbert... The more, I don't know, there there seems to be a higher upside there. Like, when I see Herbert, this is almost for sure not going to be right. Because nobody is Mahomes. And maybe nobody ever will be Mahomes. But I see Mahomes' traits in Justin Herbert. The athleticism, the raw physical talent, the ability to go off script and make plays. I think Burrow does have a lot of that, but... Herbert's just got a little bit more of that physical ability. I don't know if it's because he's three inches taller and maybe has a little bit bigger of an arm or is maybe even a little bit more athletic. But both of them are great. You're splitting hairs between Burrow and Herbert right now. You know, th- This week, I'll tell you I like Herbert more. Next week, I could tell you I like Burrow more. They're that close. Um, they're both, to me, though, right now above Tua Tagovailoa. Tua's been good. He has not been nearly as good as Burrow and Herbert, lucky for the Bills, because they could have had Justin Herbert. They could have had Justin Herbert if they had picked him third overall. 803-0550 is the phone number. What are the Dolphins? What are the Dolphins? Simply put, it's a question really nobody can answer definitively. There's always a counter-argument to whether you think they're good, whether you think they're average, whether you think they're bad. There's always a counter-argument. Let me know what you think. 803-0550. I'm going to put some teams and some tiers in a little bit, too. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Hey, Joe. Um, you know, the, Dol- the Dolphins actually are a threat. Um, we, In my opinion, we really, realistically have to go at least 4-2, and two, questionably 5-1, and one, to really secure the division at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I lost. But just watching the Bills, you know, we get. I, I see a, a few issues that are just a little concerning right now. Um, one being that we can't really run the ball effectively, other than QB sneaks or <laughs> scramble plays. We we don't have a consistent rush, 
And um, the other just and, – and this this pains me because I, I really, truly believe in the guy, but sometimes the, the coaching decisions down the line uh, could be – could be thought of in a different way sometimes. And I, I hate to say that because I really support this guy and I believe in, in McDermott, but I just think with, you know, this time it really, it really got him um, on that last play, which. You're, you're saying in terms of his taking a timeout before or like what specifically here? Um, Just, I, I didn't, I didn't like the, that we rushed four on a guy that we knew could scramble and get away. Um, I would have rather seen more guys in the end zone and at least someone bump off. Hopkins before he ran straight to the end zone. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, you know. It's, yeah, it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty, but just I would have liked to see a little bit more resistance on just that rollout kind of kind of play. Yeah, th- thanks for the call, Mike. I want to pull the play back up again because I saw a look uh, from behind that they showed on the Sunday Night Football broadcast where the Bills and both really the Cardinals too. You know, everyone's calling it the Hail Murray, but. It was not really a Hail Mary. Neither team was treating it like so. The Bills were running a defense where they only had four guys in the end zone. Four of 11. Three maybe even. Was there anybody on the other side of the field covering anyone? Because if I remember, I'm looking at the play from up right now. You've got... That's the kickoff. That's not the play I want. Okay, so when the catch is made by Hopkins, he's the only one in the end zone. In fact, in the whole screen, like I'm talking other side of the field, I don't see a Cardinal. Andy Isabella is standing at the five-yard line, but he is running underneath the ball. I mean, that ball has been in the air for five seconds, maybe. So he has he's coming from behind. The other players on the field, if you watch the formation at the beginning... Here's a better look at it. Larry Fitzgerald is on the right side of the field. In fact, you've got three wide receivers on the right side of the field. None of them run to the end zone. Hopkins runs to the end zone. But that ball is in the air. I've got Tremaine Edmonds covering Larry Fitzgerald at the 30-yard line on the sidelines. It's like 20 yards down the field. Because remember, there are 11 seconds on the clock. When this snap is called. The Cardinals think they have two plays. That's what I think. And I think the Bills think the Cardinals have two plays as well. I think the only people, and maybe they didn't even know it. Maybe it was just all instincts. But I think the only two people that know this ball's going to the end zone are DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray, if they even know. Because this ball is in the air. And I've got Larry Fitzgerald standing at the 30-yard line, way away from the goal line. I've got Christian Kirk running over the middle of the field at the 30-yard line. I've got Andy Isabella standing at the 15-yard line. And there are no bills in the end zone when this ball leaves Kyler Murray's hand. That's not right. Now that they're... Fast-forward a little bit, there's two. All right, so you got two bills in the end zone. I believe that's Jordan Poyer and Tredavious White. And you've got DeAndre Hopkins. Micah Hyde and, let's see, let me do this real quick. Micah Hyde and Tredavious White are the two Bills players in the end zone. DeAndre Hopkins is standing there too. Jordan Poyer is running back to the football. There's no other Cardinal in the play. There's no other Bill in the play. It's not really a Hail Mary. (laughs) It's not a Hail Mary play. It's not a prototypical Hail Mary play. It is a off-script play by Kyler Murray 
and he has the one option of going to the end zone in DeAndre Hopkins. So everybody calling in and tweeting and talking about how the Bills play Hail Mary's different, neither team played this like a Hail Mary. The Cardinals are not running a Hail Mary play if one guy goes to the end zone. I don't think. The Bills are not running a Hail Mary defense if two guys are standing in the end zone. Now, if you want to tell me they should have been playing it like a Hail Mary, that's fine. I can get down with that. 11 seconds to go. They need a touchdown. Give them the 35-yard line. Like Larry Fitzgerald runs a shallow cross to the left side of the field. Tremaine Edmonds runs with him. Tremaine Edmonds, by the way, my tallest player on the defensive side of the football, is standing 35 yards away from the end zone. Because Larry Fitzgerald is where? At the 30? That's what we're scared of? Why do we need that covered? Christian Kirk is running at the 30-yard line. There's a Bills body there too. Why do I need a guy on either one of those two players? If there's one criticism of this play, if there's only one criticism of this play, it is the Bills did not play it like the Cardinals were going to the end zone. And that's the only thing you should have been worried about. Who cares if they get to the 25? They got to go to the end zone at some point anyway. So everyone's saying, go put Gabriel Davis on the defense. Go put Stephon Diggs on the defensive side of the football. Josh Allen on the defensive side of the football. It doesn't even matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. It wasn't that play. It wasn't that defense. Anyways. I was going to put teams into tears here. I got a little little heated about the the, uh, the Hail Mary play there. Which I was not even that upset about when it happened. Like, of course, it hurt. It stung. But five minutes after the fact, I was only thinking about Allen's throw to Diggs. I think I said that yesterday on the show. The only thing I was thinking about five minutes after that play was Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs because that play is repeatable. That's a play that you can rely on to win championships. Is your quarterback with pressure in his face throwing the ball 30 yards in the air to a wide receiver that is not wide open, kind of throwing him open and having the receiver make an incredible catch? That's a play that wins you championships. Hail Marys do not. So five minutes after the fact, I had, was already thinking about the play, the positive one. But here, now that I'm like thinking about like what the Bills' defense was, it's more of a coaching thing for me. And not personnel, like, but your actual scheme in that moment. Not the personnel. Alright, I will take a little bit of an early timeout here. I want to do my Tuesday tiers. What tier should the Bills be in the NFL. Also, where should the Dolphins be slotted? Find out next on the Nightcap with Joe DiBiase. This is WGR. Welcome back to the Nightcap. Joe DiBiase here on WGR. I want to do some, not quarterback tiers. Quarterback tiers are fun too, though. Team tiers, Tuesday tiers, whatever you want to call them. Where do the Bills fit? Where should they be ranked in the NFL? A lot of power rankings are done today. I saw Colin Cowherd had the Bills fifth. I saw Pro Football Talk had the Dolphins fifth. But really, the way I think of the league right now, 
There are a couple of high-profile top teams. There is a bunch of muck in the middle. And then there are bad teams. That's it. There are teams that I think... there's. Uh, we'll get to it in a second. Teams that I think can win the Super Bowl, will win the Super Bowl. And there are teams that, you know, I'd be shocked. I'd be surprised, but I wouldn't rule it out. And then there's teams that it's impossible. So let's go through that. Where, What tier do the Bills deserve to be on in the NFL? Well, if you look at the betting odds before I do my own, the betting odds, pretty kind. Pretty kind to the Bills right now. They rank... Eighth in the league in terms of their betting odds. The same as the Arizona Cardinals. Ahead of the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Browns, Raiders, you know, Vikings, all those teams down there. But where I think the Bills deserve to be. What tier? Tier one for the NFL right now. Kansas City. They're the only ones. Patrick Mahomes has kind of separated himself as the best quarterback in football, undisputed, 25 touchdowns, one interception. The defense is still pretty good, I think. You know, they still got all those weapons, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. They are going to be a bully, the bully of the league for a long time. They're on a tier of their own. They're as close to perfect as you can get. Tier 2, the Steelers and the Packers. Pittsburgh is 9-0. I hear a lot of they've only beat easy teams. They've only had to play three. They are 3-0. They have beaten the Titans. They destroyed the Browns. And they have beaten the Ravens as well. Pittsburgh, to me, is on Tier 2. They haven't lost. I picked them to win the Super Bowl before the season. An elite defense that was good enough to get them to 8-8 last year with some of the worst quarterback play in the league. This year, Ben Roethlisberger is back. He's having a very good season. Very good season. One of his best, maybe. Like, it is definitively a comeback for Ben Roethlisberger after that elbow injury last year. The Steelers are on Tier 2. Tier 2, I would also qualify as, like, Kansas City. I expect Kansas City to win the Super Bowl. That's how good they are. Tier 2? These teams could absolutely do it. They could absolutely do it. Wouldn't be surprised in the slightest if Green Bay or Pittsburgh did this. Green Bay, I'll say here, kind of similar to Pittsburgh in that I like their defense. Aaron Rodgers has had a bounce-back year. Bounce-back year, by the way, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's bouncing back from, what, 27 touchdowns, 4,000 yards, and five interceptions. Um, <laughs> 26 touchdowns, four picks, and 4,000 yards, by the way. Like, he's was already really good. This is back to elite, you know? 26 and 3. He had 26 and 4 last year, touchdown interception in 16 games. This year he's at 26 and 3 in 9 games. So Aaron Rodgers is back playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the league right there with Mahomes. Third, my only teams though in tier 2. Tier 3 is when it starts to get jumbled. I will go with the Bills in tier 3. This is where I will put them. I think these are teams I can I trust one elite unit. And right now, I think that's the Bills' passing offense. With Josh Allen throwing the ball like this, they could beat anybody on any given day. And that's what this tier is to me. They are capable of winning the Super Bowl. But they've really got to show up and have a career day from their quarterback or like his grade A game, or they got to get lucky. And that's where I think the Bills are. 
Josh Allen at his peak can beat the Chiefs. I'm confident. Or if the Bills got lucky, they could beat the Chiefs. Couple of interceptions, some turnovers, some fumble luck maybe. It's within their range of outcomes. Bills are in Tier 3. I think the Cardinals are in Tier 3. I think they have an elite passing game in their own right. I think Kyler Murray has become a great passer in the league. Not just runner. I think he is a great passer. He's going to have a couple of throws that are off, just like Josh Allen, where you're like, whoa, that one got away from him. But the athleticism, the accuracy, the arm strength, Kyler Murray is the whole package. And they let him spread the ball around, throw it a bunch, get his feet wet, and I think Kyler Murray has developed into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. It's only year two, but I think he's already there. New Orleans, I would throw in this tier as well. New Orleans, I think, is betting-wise one of the best bets you're getting right now. A lot of the money I've seen is on them to win the Super Bowl. Their odds are pretty good. I think they're fourth. Um, I just had it in front of me, fourth. Um... A lot of short stuff when Drew Brees is in there. I'm interested to see what they are with Jameis Winston, who is more of a downfield passer. They have a good defense, but the offense, it's just not quite as dynamic. Like, the the need to put Taysom Hill in there in these gadget plays, that to me means you don't think you have the same offense you used to. Because the offense you used to have, Drew Brees, I mean, he's throwing the football for more than anyone in league history. Setting NFL records. And if that's not you anymore, and you've got to go to, you know, 2020's Tim Tebow, something's up. Something's up with New Orleans. Baltimore, I'll put in this tier as well, an elite defense. One of the best in the league. A very good rushing attack offense. I will not put them above tier three, though, because I don't trust Lamar Jackson to have to air the ball out and keep up with some of those top teams like the Chiefs and like the Steelers. If they get behind in a game, I don't trust Baltimore. So that's why they're on Tier 3. I will also put Tampa here, I will put Seattle here, and I will put LA here. Those three teams, just quickly, I kind of all think of as the same. They have some off games. They have some games where they look like the best team in the conference. Russell Wilson looks like the best quarterback we've ever seen. Then he comes back crashing down to earth the last couple of games. The Rams, we saw in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Are they closer to that? Are they closer to what they were last year when they took a step back? They're hard to figure out right now. Tons of yards against the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, but they lost. Like, I don't know what to make of the Rams. I'm going to put them in here with the rest of the jumbled mess in Tier 3. Tier 4, and I will only go to Tier 5. In fact, I'll only go to Tier 4. Tier 4, these are teams that I think have a very good shot or at least could make the playoffs, but I can't see them winning the Super Bowl. No way. Miami, Tennessee, Indianapolis, Vegas, Cleveland, Minnesota, and San Francisco. To me, what all of these teams have in common is they have pretty darn good rosters and quarterbacks that in big moments can hold them back. Now, the one team that might not fit that profile here is the Dolphins because we don't know if Tua is a quarterback that will hold them back in a big moment. We don't know that yet. In fact, the only time we've seen him, he led a game-winning drive against the Arizona Cardinals in a moment like that. So the Dolphins, I'm not 100% sure of, but I didn't feel right putting them in the same tier as the Bills. Tannehill, even though he's had great a great year, Rivers, Carr, Mayfield, Cousins, Mullins, or Garoppolo, I can't ever see one of those guys winning a Super Bowl. 
Because I think at some point, they will get you beat. They'll hold you back. You'll be down six, needing a touchdown with a minute to go. And it's going to be all dump-offs to the running back. You're going to run out of time and have to hope that, you know, you get a Hail Mary like the Cardinals just did. So those are my teams that I can absolutely see making the playoffs. Some of them I would pick to do it, but no way are any of those teams winning a Super Bowl. All right, I had the Bills in Tier 3, Dolphins in Tier 4. I got to run. I'll be back for a full show tomorrow starting at 7 o'clock. Talk plenty more in the Bills, rest of season. Talk a little Dolphins-Broncos, too. That's an important game coming up. We don't know if Drew Locke is going to play at quarterback for Denver. And what are the Broncos, too? What do the Dolphins really have to face? Because that's we're in a division race, and that's the big game that will swing things this coming weekend. So come back for that tomorrow. Maybe talk a little hockey as well. And I'll see you then. This has been the Nightcap with Jody Biasi. This is WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.